Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. You need a music stand when you have trifocals. Something that young preachers probably don't know much about. Good morning, everybody. Glad to uh, be with you this morning. And um, I would um, just like to add a prayer to what Josh prayed. I'm just thinking about the, what's going on in Ukraine today. And um, let's just uh, remember them. Uh, Father, uh, we're so privileged to be here today to this peace and quiet. Um, there's no bombs dropping, there's nobody running. Uh, we're thankful, Lord, um, for the the decades of peace that we've enjoyed. And we just think of all the people in Ukraine who um, are on the run, uh, trying to defend their, their home, um, trying to defend their family. It's heartbreaking, Lord. And uh, we just wanted to uh, bring them before you. We pray for your church in Ukraine, all the believers who are looking to you, and God, we pray that you would, where um, countries are unable or unwilling to step in, that, Lord, you would step in and bring this to an end. Uh, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, when Josh gave me these uh, scriptures uh, a few weeks ago, the world was a different place. Um, the Freedom Convoy was in full swing, and opinions were flying left and right on that. And you know, in one week, God just swept the table of all of that. Uh, the convoy ended, the Emergencies Act came and went, the COVID restrictions uh, were coming to an end, and then Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, that's crazy. Like, just, I think we should go back to 2000. Uh, when things were, because <laughs> 2020s aren't going uh, so well. It's just been one thing after another. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, what the Bible predicts. The Bible predicts worldwide pandemics. And I think we just saw a little one compared to what could come. The, the Bible predicts uh, critical shortages, uh, crazy dictators, and bloody wars. And Revelation 6 calls that the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I don't think we're there, but uh, these are foreshadows. And, you know, we've been, we've been insulated from that. Uh, when they were talking the way over, like our parents' generation, they had it pretty good, but they had to go through a depression and a war to get it pretty good. We've had it pretty good. Uh, the boomer generation, it's just been nothing but peace and prosperity for 60, 70 years. Now, I don't know what's coming, but I don't think we better presume that it's just going to keep on the way it is. And so God's using the 2020s to test us. Um, you know, there's been a test for the church uh, to stay united in love. And, you know, I think our church here, have, uh, I think we've done pretty good with that. But I, I'm in contact with a lot of churches and a lot of church leaders, and it's not always that way. There's a lot of division. And I don't know that we passed the test very well. You know, we modeled to the world, this is what unity looks like. And so I wonder, as the restrictions end, will the divisions end as well? I hope so. And, you know, our test going forward with whatever's coming, do you know that we have a border with Russia? Did you know that? We have a big northern border with Russia. And I feel like a sitting duck because <laughs> our military is just not up to stopping anything. So, I, you know, but our, our test as a believer is to keep following Jesus no matter what. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, I'm glad I'm not a, a prime minister or, or a leader today. Uh, I just need to stay faithful to Jesus. And that means don't be worried to death. Because you could worry yourself to death. And, and that's not what the Lord wants us. So how does God call us to respond? Well, I just, a quick passage in Second uh, Peter that... Uh, we should look at Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11 through 14. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, 
What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation. That's how we're supposed to be. Uh, a holy people at peace waiting patiently. And I was thinking of that song today, Another in the Fire. Uh, nothing stands between us between us and God because of Christ. But nothing stands between us, the brethren, the people of God. Nothing's supposed to stand between us. We need to remember that and pursue that. So the first part of this sermon um, is uh, found in Ephesians chapter 5, and it's uh, called Submit to One Another. And so I want to have a look at that because, uh, well, it's just really pertinent for... uh, where we are in in these days. Um, So I just want to put the point out there at the outset. Submit to one another means to consider the conscience, the opinions, and the feelings of others above our own. Okay? That's a stretch. Because, you know, we've been kind of preoccupied with our consciousness and feelings and opinions as, as people. And uh, we're pretty good at putting our stuff out there. But the scripture calls us to put others before ourselves. So let's just read some of this. Ephesians 5, um, verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God and beloved, as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you as is proper among saints. Saints, holy people, right? Because of Christ, that's what he's made us. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God, Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Their days weren't a whole lot different than our days. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So there's the context of uh, this idea of submitting to one another. We've been going through the one another's uh, as a church family. I think it's been really uh, pertinent, um, and uh, I've been blessed by the, the different messages over the last weeks. And so we're looking at submitting to one another, then we're going to look at stirring up one another. So we're talking about our walk and our walk is how we live. It's what we're occupied with, how we proceed through this world. And we're commanded to walk in the light of what is right and true. And I was reading, I've been reading in the message uh, this winter with my devotions, and I was reading Psalm 23, and, and God's truth is like a plumb line. 
And you know what a plumb line is, right? Carpenters use a plumb line. And uh, it just, you know, gravity pulls that plumb line perfectly straight. Uh, gravity is that one of those, you know, laws that's just always at work. And that's the way God's truth is. It's just always straight. It's always accurate. It's always pinpointed. It's always light. And yet we live in a world full of lies. So we need to be really careful what we believe. We're supposed to walk wisely, not with darkness, no part with sexual sin, no part with foolish talking. And, you know, that's mentioned a couple of times here, foolish talking, and I was reading over in Timothy, foolish talking. I, so I like to look up words because foolish is, you know, it's kind of like a word, but what's the Greek say? It's always enlightening. So the Greek word is moro-lego, where we get our word moron. So, no more moron talk, okay? I like that better. It's, it's stronger. It's, uh, it's kind of, uh, yeah, I don't want to be a moron. I remember when I was a kid, we had all these moron jokes, and I won't tell them today, but, you know, it's kind of synonymous with being other things, like stupid. Um, no more moro lego. So what does submit mean? Uh, the Greek word is hupo tasso. I love these kind of hupo. It's just got a, kind of got a, an, some energy to it. That just means under. And tasso means order or station. So you have a, an order, uh, uh, a system, uh, a way of looking at yourself and other people. You have a station in life. And so this is under. Okay? Now the world says you've got to be on top. You've got to be over. And the Bible says, no, Jesus wants you to be under. Okay, and that's, you got to wrap your head around that because that's not what we're used to. So it means to subordinate yourself. Boy, don't we love to do that. Don't we love to be told what to do? Um, it's used in the Greek uh, in different ways. One is troops under a command. So it's really important if you want a, an effective military that the troops obey the leader. Uh, actually, that's really important everywhere. You know, if you, had a, you have a leader that, that people kind of, you know, sur subordinate themselves to the leader. Um, means to be under obedience, to be subject to, to submit. And that's kind of a, it's an edgy word. Uh, we used to call it the S word and people thought we were talking about sex, but now it's submit. It's the, it's the dreaded word. Um, practically, it's an attitude of giving in. Like, you know, uh, cooperating, carrying somebody else's burden. Uh, and I think the way the Lord means it here in Ephesians 5 is yielding to the admonition and advice of another. And Jesus said in Mark uh, 9.35, you know, if you want to be first, you need to be last and servant of all. And that's the message. That's one of the things that, you know, Jesus had several things that really stand out. To me, that's one of the biggest. It, it just sort of, this is how you walk through life. You want to be first? Everybody wants to be first. It's part of human nature to be want to be first. But it becomes very selfish. It's sort of a God-given drive, yet it becomes very selfish because sin enters into that. And so, uh, so Jesus said, just be last. You want to be the boss? Be the servant. Uh, and so that's pretty instructive for how we're supposed to walk. And so I hope you think about that, about how you walk. Good water. So what, how does the world evaluate people? Well, it evaluates people by what they look like, how much money they have, what their status is, uh, and particularly these days, what side you're on. You know, if you're not on the right side, uh, your, your value is diminished. Um, so Christian values are the opposite of that. You know, the Lord says, don't look on the outward appearance, look on the heart. Um, you know, money, Jesus never had any money. Status, he didn't have any status, except among his people. Um, and he just kind of avoided <laughs> sides. Did you notice that? And we need to remember that, how, how he handled the debates of his day. So, uh, what does this mean then? Uh, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, sitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
Like, I, I revere Christ because nothing stands between us. That means I got to act and practice that nothing stands between us. Uh, so, you know, the, the worship and the theological truth has to become lived out in my walk, the, the way I regard other people and the way I treat and speak about other people. And, you know, I, I think people innately know this is the right way that we're supposed to behave. Even people that don't know the Lord, I think they know that we're supposed to treat one another with respect. Um, and so, as Christians, we need to teach it and proclaim it, live by it, and be known by it. Otherwise, we don't really have much of a witness. By this all, we'll know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's critical. It's all we got. It's the biggest thing we can do. Uh, Warren Wearsby said, and this is really important, submission is not so much the order of authority. We don't like to submit because that means somebody's over us. Don't worry about that. Uh, submission is about how authority is given and how it's received. Everybody's under authority. So how is it given and how is it received? Um, you know, how do you take authority when it's bad authority? That's important. Um, you know, you're supposed to rise up and, and, and uh, you know, uh, pursue anarchy every time somebody has lousy authority? No. You got to pick your battles. You got to think about what you do. You could do that at work, you get fired. Then what are you going to do? Uh, you can, you know, uh, flaunt your freedom in front of a cop and, and get stopped and get a ticket. Like, there's limits, and we all know what those limits are. And so some of this idea of submission is just putting ourselves under limits. Um, you know, I read a quote during the, all the stuff going on in February in, in our country um, that it said, respect and consideration of others is how God keeps social order. Like, and it's really true. If there's not goodwill amongst people in a country, it can fall, it can fall apart. Like it's, if God withdraws his spirit, we'll just be like cavemen beating and, 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 and coming on to one another. God keeps a kind of a level of decency in our country. And I would say that's the same way with the church. We can't be involved in tearing it down. Um, you know that um, if you can read uh, the, the New Testament, Jesus never uh, advocated the church uh, promoting anarchy. And they had a terrible government. Absolutely terrible. So what does it mean to submit to government? Because we've got to talk about that. Uh, it's, you know, it's the same word, hupos tasso, under order. Um, I'll just read a bit from first uh, um, Peter. Peter has some things to say about it. First Peter chapter 2, verse 13, be subject same thing, Upatasso, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, so he's talking about the, you know, the, the Caesar, right? Who was the emperor in Peter's day? Like it was Nero, right? He was, <laughs> you know, he was bad. Or to governors, who was the governor? Well, Pontius Pilate was the governor. Uh, as sent by him to punish those, sent by who? Sent by God, Right? Romans 31, be subject to uh, uh, the, the powers, the authority instituted by God, okay? So God has instituted authority. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. I better be really hard to honor a Caesar. They were nasty. Um, so it's maybe not because he's a great guy or you agree, but it's the position. The position of leadership is instituted by God. And so we need to honor that, even if you don't like the leader. So what do we do in our country? Well, thankfully, we don't have to be like they were in New Testament times, uh, we get to vote. So next time you get to vote, make sure you're informed, make sure you vote. And if you don't like what's in, you vote it out. That's what we get to do. That is the, 
the highest form of human government that the world has ever seen. And we may think it's, you know, it's weak or we keep getting these bad leaders. Well, why don't you run then? You know, you run. And we'll get behind you and we'll vote you in. Uh, you know, like, that's, what, that's the choices. I listened to a message by Preston Manning, uh, a podcast. He was talking about, you know, people feeling they, they, they don't have any say. He said, well, get involved then. Do something. Join a party. Yeah, maybe it's not the perfect party, but be a, a voice for good. Get involved. Because uh, what people do is just sit home and complain. And don't vote, yeah. What, what do we got, 60% of people that vote? So here's another thing we're supposed to do for leaders. We're supposed to pray for your leaders. Not trash talk your leaders. You will not find anywhere in scripture a license for people to trash talk leaders. That's pretty easy to do. And heaven, <laughs> heaven knows <laughs> we've all done it. We're supposed to pray for them. Obey the law, unless the law says to disobey God. Protest injustice. Personally, I think it was unjust for the government to say either you take a, a needle or you lose your job. I think it's unbiblical. It says in uh, Deuteronomy 24, 6, don't take away a man's millstone because you take away his life. That's a kind of a biblical thing. But when it comes to protesting, you can't have violence or compromise. So when, when I looked at all the video from, from Ottawa and I'm seeing, you know, uh, praise the Lord on one sign and F. Trudeau on that sign, yeah. I've got, I, I absolve myself of that. I wash my hands of it. I won't get involved with it. I don't support it because it's compromise. And it besmirches the name of Jesus. It just does. We didn't do ourselves any favors there. We're called by God to care for others. So one of the things that struck me, I was thinking about all that was going on, one person's protest can be another person's tyranny. Right? And we need to think about that. We need to think about that. How are we to submit to one another? Well, first, we've got to get the order of authority, right? Jesus is our authority. He's our teacher. Not a politician and not some media star or not somebody on the internet, okay? Him. He's number one. Submit to him. Now, some influencers, and they could be politicians or media people or whatever, they'll give a nod to God. Oh, I believe in God, and then they'll trash talk everybody. Um, but, you know, they don't advise you on, on what would Jesus do. Remember that, WWJD? We, we should bring that back because I think people have forgotten how Jesus would act, you know, in these times. Um, what we're supposed to do is, you know, I was a pastor for about 30 years, and uh, I never felt like I was kind of an authoritative listen to me kind of guy, but I, I believe that I had delegated authority to proclaim this book. That God called people to proclaim his word because this is where the authority is. And, you know, I've been talking to a lot of pastors the last couple of years, and, and uh, several have said to me, there's never been a time in their pastoral ministry when they felt that they had less authority. And you read Romans thir or Hebrews 13, it says to submit to your leaders. And it's talking about your church leaders. Why? Because they watch over you under the delegated authority of the Lord. They watch out for your souls. And you need to consider what they are saying beyond what somebody on the internet is saying. Because they're not watching out for your souls. They don't care about your soul. They just care about their ratings and how many likes they get uh, or how many votes they get. So I think we need, as a church, as the people of God, to get back to the idea that we need to listen to our pastors again because they might know something. Because they study the word of God and, and they try to ex get the church to follow what the Lord says beyond following what somebody else says. We're, we're in trouble with that. And I'm not just talking about out there. I'm talking about the church. 
So, it's kind of easy. Uh, what does it look like to submit to one of those? Romans 14, 1. As for, one, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? You got a lot of people have opinions. Uh, verse 4, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Look, there's disputable matters. We're not talking about the things that are black and white in Scripture. We're talking about the things that are, gee, is it this or is it that? Um, we're not supposed to quarrel over opinions, but we have to be willing to be wrong. Because maybe our opinion is wrong, or maybe it's partly wrong. Uh, nobody's got a corner on the truth. We need to be humble in our opinions. We need to be teachable in our opinions. Because if we're not, then we're just kind of going to run over people. Uh, Galatians 6.2. Um, says, um, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What does it look like to bear to one another's burdens? Well, when you're talking about opinions, it would mean maybe we need to listen to people. We don't listen very well anymore. You know, we're just constantly putting it out and maybe we need to listen. Why, why? So I tried to do that this winter because I had some pretty strong opinions about some things people were saying. Why are they saying that? And so then you kind of listen to their reasoning, and there's a reason that most people have an opinion. Now, maybe it's not enough of a reason, or maybe there's weaknesses in the reason, but I need to understand the reason, because I need to bear their burden. Because if they're burdened enough to, have, you know, to believe in that, then I need to, I need to listen to that. I need to be aware of it. You know, there's two sides to every opinion. I've been reading up on Russia and Ukraine uh, the last bit, I remember you know, Mikhail Gorbachev, he was kind of a, you know, one of the, the heroes that's, well, in a way he just was out of his hands. The, he was presiding over the Soviet Union when it broke up. You know, that one parent of Gorbachev was Russian and one was Ukrainian. So there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, there, and, and, and it's good to understand some of that. And it doesn't mean that, oh, you know, no wonder, you know, Putin has a, a good reason to invade Ukraine. He's got no reason to invade Ukraine because Ukraine voted 90% to be an independent country in the early 90s. 90%. So they had, he had no right, absolutely zero right to attack them. But they've got this very complex way of thinking about it. Philippians chapter 2. This is the best. This is the best. Verse three, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Oh gosh, we hate to do that. Oh, you know, and I, I know there's times when you've got to be competitive. You know, you, you, you can't practice that very well when you're trying to steal second base. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, bother you. Uh, here, just tag me out. You don't do that, right? You, there's times when you... Um, um, you know, you pursue these interests, but these are talking about personal relationships. I need to, uh, in humility, count others more significant than myself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, because we do that automatically. Nobody's got to tell us to do that. What the Bible is saying, don't do so much of that. Do more than that. Look also to the interests of others. That's what it means to submit to one another. Um, sometimes, um, you ever notice that people don't take advice very well? <laughs> Especially young adult children. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's harder for them, right? Uh, uh, but then I remembered, yeah, I didn't do very well either. I kind of knew it all too. Um, it's just, it's part of our human nature to be stubborn and proud and be unwilling to take admonition and advice. And we need to examine ourselves and, and see if that's true about us. So our first allegiance is to Jesus, right? And then our second allegiance is to Jesus' people, one another. 
And so whatever side you end up being on, show the world something different than what they're seeing, okay? That's our role. We have an opportunity as, as believers in Christ to show the world something different. So I hope you can do that because that's what God wants us to do. Consider others. The second one, how are we doing here? Poor, we're doing pretty good. But see, this is, that was sermon one. This is sermon two, okay? Um, so you got a page of one, a sermon one, and a page sermon two. And I was trying to shorten it up, um, but we'll see what happens. So this one is, this is, this is more interesting. Stir up one another to love and good works. Well, boy, we've been stirred up a lot. It's easy to get stirred up. I, it doesn't take much for me to get stirred up. Uh, and maybe it's because it's just such a crazy, crazy time. Um, the world has become so polarized. And along with that is our emotions get so cranked up. And, you know, it's almost like uh, as soon as you hear something new, you just get wound up. Like, you know, this war, like everybody thought it would be over. And, and then when you see it, you know, if you're watching, and you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't watch that, I don't watch that. I don't want to know what's going on. You need to know what's going on. This is the world you live in. It's a mess. We need to care about it. Now, I know you can't watch it 24-7, but you need to be aware of what's going on. And so our emotions get cranked up. When I see, you know, moms, you know, saying goodbye to husbands with, with two babies in their chest, how do you not get cranked up about that? Okay, there's a difference between that and getting cranked up in other ways. Um, so, it is the practice, and I think I've said this before, and I, I say it a lot because I, I really believe it. It's the practice of politics and media to manipulate our emotions. Right? That's what, they do that deliberately. They don't just do it by accident. Now, if I, you watch a video on TV and you see, you know, people suffering, that's not manipulating your emotions. You're just looking at reality. But when you are given an agenda and a commentary and a, a one-sided view all the time, it's to manipulate you. Why would they do that? Why would those guys do that? So we'll get worked up. Because when we get worked up, we get polarized. And that's what they want us to be, polarized, so we'll pick their side. And we'll hate the other side. That's what's going on. And we need to be aware of that. So, you know, we have this, uh, the left and the right, the right and the left. Both of them give a mixed message. You know, there's a bit of truth on any side, and there's a bit of lying on either side. So you get a mixture of truth and lies. What is a lie, anyway? I was thinking about what is a lie? Kind of a little, it's a tiny little word. So I was looking up other words. Cinnamons of, uh, of lies. Uh, we're just kidding. We're just kidding you. So kid is kind of a, you know, an innocuous word. Oh, we're just a fib. Oh, I just told a white lie. It's just a little white lie. Well, then people fudge the truth. Or they fabricate truth. Or they're going to snow you, uh, trick you. Or they're going to falsify. Or they're going to deceive. And maybe the best is beguile, as the serpent beguiled Eve. Now, beguile just sounds like, oh, I don't want to be beguiled. That like, you know, then you're really deceived. That's like, and you know what the, the, the Bible says about it? Just say it, liar. There's an old Queen song that was running through my head this week. Liar! You know, he's, he's going through, he's going through all the stuff he was going through, and the chorus goes, liar! And all the, you know, the, the backup singers shout out liar. And it's like, yeah, that's what it is. We need to call it what it is. So you need to be careful what you listen to, because there's information, which would be, you know, hopefully true. Uh, misinformation, which is somebody's, Perception is off, and maybe there's 
in, you know, untruth mingled in. Or there's disinformation, which is deliberately falsifying information to manipulate us. So we get a lot coming at us. So let's look at, I just want one scripture before we go to Hebrews. Galatians, okay? I think this is really important. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. Verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ. So, yeah, I remember the old hymn, and in Christ there is no east or west, and in Christ there is no left or right. Do you know that? Do you know that? That's an invention of, of man. God's always right on the mark, like a plumb line. And yeah, maybe you can go left and right on that. I guess that's what we need to do. But I want you to remember that it's Christ that we follow and his word is our authority and not somebody on the left or somebody on the right, okay? It's just, goodness gracious, I shouldn't even have to say that, but I think it needs to be preached. So Hebrews chapter 10 is the other scripture we're looking at. Um, I won't read all of it. I'll just read a bit of it. Um, verse 24. Let's go 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Stir up. So uh, there's different... Uh, the King James uses provoke. Ooh, provoke one another. It's like stick them with something. Or provoke them. Um, the uh, NIV uh, uses spur one another on. Spur. It's like, oh, I don't, don't give me the spur. You know, the horse doesn't like the spur. Um, motivate is another uh, way to translate that. Stir up. You know, it's kind of, I, I like to stir up because it's, ooh, it could be either or, right? So the Greek word is paroxymos, to sharpen or to provoke. So where we get our English word paroxysm, which means generally to rouse, to anger, to cause a sharp contention. It's a strong word. You probably don't use paroxysm very often, but that's what it is. So God's not saying Provoke one another to anger and don't irritate or irritate one another. He's not saying that. He's basically saying, no, don't irritate one another. Uh, if you provoke me with something sharp, I'm going to get irritated. Glendon, I have noticed this week, there's mosquitoes around. Where did the mosquitoes come from? Nothing provokes me more than a mosquito in the house in March. Come on. I expect it in May, but not in March. And so I don't know where they're coming from, but I get provoked by mosquitoes because, uh, you know, like, they're, like they're, they're dangerous. These great big needles that you know, stick it in your arm. Um, no, it's really stupid to be irritated that much by a mosquito. But, you know, sometimes I'm a moron. I, I can't help it. Uh, we're not supposed to provoke to hostile arguments. We're supposed to provoke to love and good works. Okay? So we need to remember that because if we end up provoking hostile arguments, we'll end up fighting. And there's enough fighting going on. And as the Church of Jesus Christ, uh, yeah, no more fighting, the Lord says. So how do we tell if what we're stirring up is the work of God or the work of the devil? I think it's really easy to tell. Uh, Galatians 5, you know, the works of the flesh. If this is what is happening, if this is the fruit of what you're listening to and how you're feeling, then I think you can tell where it's coming from. So, the works of the flesh, verse 19 in Galatians 5. The works of the flesh are evident, obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, another word for hatred, strife, Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Okay, that's quite a list. There's nothing in there that I really like. Nothing in there that's any good for me. Uh, and when I see that coming at me, then I know where it's coming from. 
It's coming from the flesh, it's coming from the devil, it's coming from the world, it's not coming from God. So, uh, I've, <laughs> I read a lot of uh, people's posts, and not just yours. Uh, I kind of like most of yours, because they're kind of like, oh, this is what I ate today, and this is what my kids are doing, and you know, we used to make fun of that, but actually I kind of, it's nice, because it's nice. But what I've been reading on a lot, a lot of stuff uh, lately is it's just hatred. Somebody says something and somebody comes aboard them and you're stupid and he's stupid and everybody's stupid. and um, That's the works of the flesh, plain and simple. That's what the devil promotes. He's the accuser. So if you're... Uh, left or right-wing media star is constantly accusing people, that's the work of the flesh. It's not the work of the spirit. And what does the accuser do? Well, he spreads lies and he sows evil seed in the church. He sows disinformation. He's really good at it. Jesus said he's the father of it. He's been doing it before you were born. He's experienced at it. He's doing it and you can't, you can't sometimes tell. Now there's the other side. We, we watched this thing that somebody we knew posted it on Facebook, like what, Friday? Uh, it was uh, a guy and a girl singing and playing. Uh, they're both singing and, and, and it said, uh, Igor Zelensky and his wife. And uh, it was really good, like, oh man, he could really play guitar. And the singing was phenomenal. And they sang harmony together. It was beautiful. And, and I'm watching, I'm thinking, that's not Zelensky. He doesn't speak English. I, and I know, like, uh, Nadab, where's Art? Nadab, they couldn't speak English, but they could sing English. Uh, but I was thinking, no, nah, that can't be Zelensky. Well, it wasn't Zelensky. But somebody said it was Zelensky. So it was kind of positive. They were singing this love song. They sang beautifully. And, you know, he's a, I think quite highly of Zelensky. But wait a minute. Why, why do that? People are doing that all the time. They're manipulating media. Uh, to why? Make him look better? Look, he, he doesn't need that to look good. But people do stuff like that. So it's positive, but it's still false. <laughs> it's everywhere. So, it's easy to tell. What are the works of the Spirit? Let's keep on reading here. Verse 22 of Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And I'd add one more thing. Truth. That comes from God. So God is not the author of evil. God does not promote evil. He doesn't promote untruth. And he doesn't want us to do that either. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Is it clear? It's clear up here. I hope it's clear out there. Uh, or clear out there. Um, God doesn't stir us up to cause division. If you feel that you're being stirred up and it's causing you to, uh, like that happens on the road, right? Somebody cut you off, oh man. If I could, I'd, no, you, you would probably. Like, you, it, it, it does something to us. That is not the work of God. That's the work of the flesh. We need to kill it. We need to end it. We need to stop it. God does not stir us up to hate other people. God wants to stir us up to love people. So that's what we need to do. Um, can we discuss difficult issues without being emotionally inflamed? <laughs> well, you know, I've been thinking about that. And I, I think, well, why do we get like that? Because I get like that. Why do I get... Inflamed. Why do my emotions just kind of want to take over? Well, you know, I think what it is is because it reveals that I'm proud and I want to be right. And I want to be right over everybody else. And so do you. 
we are all like that. And it's part of our ugly side. It's, the, it's, it's sinful to do that. So I'll tell you, if we can't discuss emotional or issues without emotional flame in, then we probably shouldn't discuss them. Just shut up. Just don't say anything. That's probably the best policy. And not only that, but it says to stir up one another to love and good works. So we, this whole Hebrews 10 passages, you know, I didn't read stuff, but it talked about how we're, we're cleansed, how we're saved, how we're uh, forgiven uh, by Christ, and how we're free from sin. We need to remind ourselves of that. I need to be reminded that you're one of the saints of God. And if you have an opinion different than me, first I need to look at you through the lens of, you're a saint of God. I don't mean to be looking at you, Steve, but there you are. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, any of us, if we have a difference of opinion, I need to first remember uh, that I am related by faith to that person. Flawed but forgiven. Don't provoke division. Um, I'm going to wrap up here. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been, uh, it feels like 1980 all over again. And 1980s, early 80s, were the Cold War was at its peak. And I can remember watching the nightly news where they would show in all the nukes on Russia and all the nukes in the U.S. and all the nukes in Europe, and they were all like pointing at each other and they were discussing. And it was like, gee, it's kind of, we're just waiting for it to happen. Uh, we thought it was going to happen. And you know, when, it, when a, a crazy man with 6,000 nukes says, he puts them on high alert and threatens his enemies with nuclear war, we better take it seriously. So all of a sudden, uh, Revelation prophecy is back in vogue, folks. Because we sometimes forget what the Bible teaches, what I just read earlier in Second Peter chapter 3. See, and as all these things will be dissolved, this world is not going to last forever. This country is not going to last forever. This economic system is not going to last forever. Do you know what it would take to throw our lives completely out of whack? If something happened to that swift monetary system that day, I don't even know what it is, but I know it governs all the financial transactions in the world. You know, something happens and you got money in the bank, forget it, you'll never get it. And I was thinking, maybe I should go, go, look, go get that little I got and put it under my mattress. Well, it probably wouldn't matter because it probably wouldn't be worth nothing anyway because it's so fragile. Nothing is secure except the Lord. So what does the Lord say? He said, you know, stick to what is, the scripture says and don't give in to fear. Like you can't just be afraid of that stuff. So I would say, like this is something new. It's something old, but something new. It's new to our generation perhaps. This is gonna get people caught up in all kinds of stuff. It already is. There's stuff flying out of left and right that's just out of this world crazy. Crazy talk, moron talk. So we need to be careful what we get caught up in. You know what Jesus said in the time of the end? There would be rumors. Quite often rumors aren't true. There'd be deception running rampant. That's going to happen. And we need to have our ears open. And what are we going to talk about? Well, I think we are to give witness to the salvation of Jesus when there's calamity going on. That's what we're supposed to be talking about. So I want to just leave you with two scriptures. One I think is really important, and maybe you never heard it before, or maybe you have. Uh, it's from Isaiah, verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 12. Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. All right? Remember that. And then 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. 
have nothing to do with foolish, moron, like moral lego, foolish, ignorant controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. But the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. But be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Speaking the truth in love. Are there conspiracies? Yep. The devil has been organizing a conspiracy of evil over good so he can deceive the whole world. He's been doing it for a long time. He uses the government. He uses media. He uses fear. It's nothing new. You don't need to get all bent out of shape because somebody might be doing something and you can't really find out the truth about it anyway. People says, you gotta listen to the science. Okay, which, the science on this side or the science on that side? Because I can't really evaluate guys with PhDs. Uh, you know, so I'll just wait for the Lord to decide, right? Uh, don't judge stuff before the time. Wait till the Lord reveals what's going on. So we don't need to be, to be afraid we need to be informed and we need to be careful what we spread. So this is my message for the day. You know, was it uh, eight days? Is it eight days? We get to get rid of these if we want. So maybe we need to get rid of these and put on a muzzle. All right? Don't spread more on talk. Spread the good news. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, uh, your word's so clear. But Lord, we live in a, a world where it's just so foggy and fuzzy. Sometimes we forget what's clear. So we pray that uh, we would be the, a people who would submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and real, genuine respect for one another. And Lord, help us to stir up What's good? What's uh, love? Uh, to stir up the good news. Uh, the, the world will stir up all kinds of other stuff, Lord. Let us not be known for that, but we may stir up now the good news about Jesus Christ. Uh, bless us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.